Thanks for joining the Church at Nolensville Sermon Podcast. We exist to engage the whole person with the whole gospel of Jesus Christ. Anytime, anywhere, with anybody. Living a whole life, the whole way, that is our purpose in the series where we help you understand what it is that we're inviting you along to, how you can link arms with us and go with us in the future of what God is building and doing here in Nolansville and to the nations. Our mission statement here at the church is to engage the whole person with the whole gospel of Jesus Christ anywhere, anytime, and with anybody, anybody, whether that person is your neighbor or on the other side of the world like a team and I were with two weeks ago, anybody. Where you live, where you work, where you play, anybody. We want to be able to engage them. And we, we, we want to be able to engage them anytime. We, we want the well of our lives so full of God's word and God's truth and what God's doing in our life that at any point, at any moment, when God puts people in our path, and he does it every day, that the hope that you have just bubbles up. We want to be ready. We want to be willing conduits of God's grace and God's truth to the lost and searching. I told the group last week, the lost and searching are not commanded to go to church. But the church is commanded to go to the lost and searching. And if we're going to engage the whole person with the whole gospel anywhere, anytime, and with anybody, then we have to engage our heart, our soul, and our mind. And that's what we've been learning in Matthew chapter 22, the last couple of weeks. So if you have a copy of the scriptures, and I hope you do, turn to Matthew chapter 22. Either in your Bible or on your phone, turn to Matthew chapter 22. We preach from the CSB here, if you're looking for a translation to follow along with. And then I invite you, as we do most weeks, to stand in honor of reading God's word. We want you to know that these aren't my words, but these are the words of the living God. Matthew 22, verses 36 through 40. Teacher, the Pharisee said, which command in the law is the greatest? He, that's Jesus, said to them, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. The second, like this, love your neighbor as yourself, and all the law and prophets depend on these two commands. Lord, today we want to do this, fill our hearts, call our souls to you in Jesus' name. And the church said... Amen. I, I love this passage. This passage is incredible. It's, inc- it's incredible. This is a command from Jesus. This isn't a suggestion. In fact, he says it's the greatest command. And so today and then next week, we're just slow walking through what Jesus said to, how to, to figure out how do we engage our hearts, our souls, and our mind. We believe that the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. And we want the word of God to search us shape us, call us into his purposes. And Jesus, the the living word of God said, hey, 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 do this. This is the greatest commandment. Jesus has a way of getting to the heart of the matter. And last week, if you remember, we talked about the heart. We said the the word heart, love the Lord your God with all your heart, it's, it's different than emotion. It's got a little different connotation. It really talks about like this, This guttural, this bowel, this more complex issue of the heart. We said last week this way, said the heart, it is the innermost self. 
This is really who you are. It's your deepest desires. It's your hidden secrets. The innermost part of who you are. And we said, hey, your heart determines both your decisions and your will. It determines your trajectory. And Proverbs says, hey, above all else, guard your heart. And we went through a grid. How do you determine if you have a wholehearted approach, half-hearted, or hard-hearted? And we ended last week by saying, hey, man, spend this week and really do a diagnosis on our hearts. Are our hearts longing for God and the things of God? And this week, Jesus said, love the Lord with all your heart. But what did he say next? Okay, you look back at your scripture. (laughs) Love the Lord with all your heart and with all your what? Soul. Soul. That's right. Soul. How do you know if your soul is unhealthy? How do you know if your soul is not right? One author said, if the way your wife chews her gum annoys you, that's a good clue. (laughs) If the way they breathe in the bathroom just frustrates you, your soul may not be right. The way they just stand in the closet just drives me crazy. Soul may not be just right. Soul, we don't spend a lot of time talking about our soul. But it's been said that there's only two things that last forever. The word of God and the human soul. Both of these things are imperishable. Sobering, but it's also awe-inspiring that every person you've ever met has an eternal soul. Every person that's ever lived, every soul that has ever lived is still in existence today. The question is where? Was that soul connected to God? Did that soul enjoy this life? Did they know their purpose? Did they make a difference? And today as we talk about soul, we're talking about something that lasts forever. And the Bible is not perfectly clear about the nature of the human soul, but when you study the word soul in scripture, you can come to several conclusions and we'll put them up here, but simply stated, the human soul is is the part of us that it's, it's not physical. It will last forever even after this body perishes. Our body experiences death and will not last forever. And those who are followers of Jesus one day get a new body. Amen. Hello, right? That's why I don't exercise in this one because I get a new one. (laughs) You may have heard someone say at some point, hey, you are a body with a soul and a spirit. But I wouldn't phrase it that way. You don't have a soul. You, you are a soul. You are a soul who has a body. Over and over and over again in the scriptures, God's word refers to us as, as a soul. And the human soul, it, it's distinct from the heart and mind. It's not physical. It's, it's created by God. It can be strong or, or it can be unsteady. The human soul can be lost Or it can be saved to be connected to God or unconnected to God. And the human soul needs atonement, meaning it needs forgiveness of sin, which Jesus provides. And and our souls, man, they can can find rest in Jesus. It's the human soul. And the definition that I want you to really latch on to today, in addition to, man, our souls being eternal, is this. This is how you can think about your soul. The intensity with which you run after God. 
When you think about the human soul and you try to define it, it's the intensity with which we run after God. So we're either connected to God or we're not. And if we're connected to God, there should be an intensity, a passion with our thoughts, how we live, how we talk, how we use our lives, use our talents, how we react to challenges. Our entire being is to display the glory of God and our love for God. See, whatever my soul is captured by, my actions and my devotions are going to follow. It really begins at a soul level, even deeper than the heart. And I'm, I want to use a, use a grid to illustrate this. So let's begin up here. And I want you to, to see that and think about, like we said, is soul. It's the core of who you are. And it's either connected to God or it's not. It's eternal. It lives on forever. It's the core of who we are, our soul. And then the next layer beyond that is our will. That's our heart, like we talked about last week. Our heart, kind of our innermost thought, our innermost being. It's just outside of the edge of our soul. So it goes from soul, then it goes to will, that's our heart. And then after that, it's our, our mind. Our mind is controlled from our soul to our heart and then out to our mind. And then based on that, then we get to the level of decision. And our soul, and it affects our heart, which affects our minds, which affects our decisions. And then the outside layer is then our relationships. And this is how God has designed it to work, that the core, the center of who we are is connected to him, finds life in him, finds purpose in him. Child of God, difference maker, knows my destiny, which affects my heart which affects my will, which then affects my mind, which then controls my decisions, which then controls all of my relationships and my emotions. That's how it's wired to work at a soul level all the way out. But see what's happened is most of the time people reverse that and they, they start on the outside and they try to work in. So they start with relationships. These are emotions. I feel this way. I don't feel this way. I like this. I don't like that. Remember I told you the number one reason that someone dates another person. Y'all remember what it is? They're so hot. And so is hell, okay? (laughs) But we're led by our emotions. And emotions aren't bad, but emotions don't need to be in the driver's seat. But we're led with our relationships and We're led with our emotions and see how far it is removed from the soul on the grid. It's the furthest thing removed, but most of the time that's what we're led with is emotions, relationships. So then we're led with our relationships and then we go based on how I feel, based on my relationships, then then I'm going to move to my decisions. So my decisions are based on my emotions and relationships instead of driving them, they're based on it. We invert it. So I use emotion, relationships, and those things inform my decisions, and then those things inform my mind. So my mind is informed not by my soul, but by my emotions, and then my mind informs my heart, and then last thing to get impacted is my soul, and we completely invert God's design to start at the soul and work out. Instead, we, we allow the outside to define us. This is why Jesus said you can gain the whole world and still lose your soul. Because we chase that outer ring of relationships and emotions 
experience, feelings. And they're not bad, but they just, they shouldn't lead us. Jesus says, be led by your soul. And the problem with being led with the outer rings of relationships and decisions is that the culture this world is constantly going to tell you that you're not enough. You don't meet up. You're not enough. You're not smart enough, pretty enough, handsome enough. You're not connected enough. You're not rich enough. You're not educated enough. And everything is designed in our, in our society to say, hey, you need to be just a little bit more. You need to be smarter, fitter, thinner, wealthier. And you spend your whole life in that outer ring of emotion going, I just need a little more er, 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 er. And then you, you get there and then you realize, well, I'm not the richest. I'm not the smartest. I'm not the fittest. And you're erring and esting the whole time. But you're never being who God created you to be. And that begins at a soul level. And so we live in a world with restless souls, y'all. We live in a world where people don't know why they were created. And therefore, they don't enjoy this life. They don't know their purpose. They don't make a difference. But we're created in the image of God. We're created as sons and daughters, filled with God-given purpose and destiny. And everything in our world is designed to tell you you're not enough. You don't measure up. But when we go back to the soul level, we can say, yeah, you know what? That may be true, but not in the eyes of my king. But in the outer ring of emotion, we never measure up. You get, you get on social media because you're frustrated with life, and all we do is spend our time scrolling through someone else's life. And we feel like we have a really good day until we see what our neighbors are up to and what they got to do. We thought we had this great-looking living room until we go to Pinterest and see someone else's. It's because we're living in that outer ring of emotion and relationship. Instead of understanding, and I'm a soul. My soul needs to be connected to God. And I don't know about you, but I've spent years of my life with this amazingly overwhelming sense that I'm just not enough. And I'm not good enough. And that I don't measure up. And if I could just be a little bit more here, if I could just get this right, or if I could just do this, and I've done it for so long, and it's exhausting. And if you were honest enough, many of you, if not most or all of us, could say that. I've, I've tried, to, tried to measure up, and it just didn't work. Maybe it was based on what someone said about you in the past that you said, I'm going to prove that that's not true. Maybe it's what a document said about you one time. Maybe someone told you you were a mistake. Maybe a teacher once told you you're not smart enough. Maybe you had a father that's passed away and you're still trying to live up to what you thought he wanted from you. There's pressure and there's shame, not good enough. That's that outer ring of emotion. And it's not bad, but it's not the driver's seat. We get back to the soul and we say, no, I am created by God, for God, on purpose, with a purpose, to know freedom in this life, to know joy in this life, to know my calling, to know my destiny that's been given to me by God. You've been created by God at a soul level, connected to God through Jesus. And we want you to understand why you were created. It's to know the living God, to be rescued and redeemed by this God, to enjoy this life, 
Make a difference. Find your purpose. Link arms with us and then engage the whole person with the whole gospel. Anywhere, anytime, with anybody. You are not here by accident. And our invitation into you is, man, come do life with us. We're broken. We'll let you down. If you hang around with us long enough, we'll light you up too. Because we're sinners. But man, we know whose we are. And we know where we're going. We want other souls to be at peace with God, connected to God. We wake up each day going, man, I'm going to engage the whole person with the whole gospel, anywhere, anytime, with anybody. And we invite others to come do that with us. And one of the things that I've been praying for and really burdened by as the pastor is I I begin to pray, God, as the mission statement of our church become the soul of our church. It's becoming who we are as a church. And I see it. I see glimpses of it in your faces. I see glimpses of it in your lives. I see hope in what we're doing when 117 new people sign up over the course of the last three weeks. It says, I want to own the mission. I see it happening. I see it happening in stories of others like John and Marilyn Duran. They were on the launch team. Many of you know them. And they're pushing 80. So they're, they're, they're in that, that first phase of life, you know? And Marilyn, two years ago, was diagnosed with a very, very rare disease. She went to the hospital. They couldn't figure it out. They couldn't understand what was happening, why it was happening. And the doctors gave her zero to little hope, if any, answers. It was really a death wish. We, we don't know what to do. And she began to pray. And she began to seek God. And her and John began to seek the Lord's face. And here was her prayer, God. God, I want to continue to be used by you. I want my life to make a difference for you. And miraculously, with no explanation by the doctor, she was healed. And she said, I know why I was healed. It was to help plant the church at Nolansville, to love on the next generations of kids, and teach them to sing for Jesus. And every Sunday morning at 930, she's right in there with the biggest smile on her face, loving Jesus. Has the mission statement of our church become the soul of our church? It has in her. (laughs) It has in a lot of others. And I've said, I want this room filled with two kinds of people. One, people whose souls are connected to God on mission with us for our king and the lost and the searching that just aren't there yet. That's what we want in this room. And if you begin to diagnose your soul and you want to know, where's my soul today? How am I loving God with all of my soul? Part of of a mirror for our soul is the way we love others. Because the Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and then love your neighbor as yourself. So part of how we live out our mission statement is a mirror towards our soul. And I, I read a quote this week that I haven't been able to shake. The author said, you know, the only thing worse than being lost is being lost and knowing no one's looking for you. And we got a lot of lost and searching people in Nolensville and the nations. And I want them to know the church at Nolensville is looking for them. The church at Nolensville is on mission to find them and engage them, the whole person, with the whole gospel, anywhere, anytime, with anybody. 
And we don't just want to point people to Jesus. We want to walk people to Jesus. How many of y'all have ever been to Lowe's or Home Depot? Show of hands. How many of you wives wish your husbands wouldn't go to Home Depot or Lowe's? Yeah, thanks for the honest people. Appreciate you. Did you raise your hand, baby? Good, my wife did not raise her hand. But, but one of those, if you walk in and you say, hey, where is blank? Like I built a potato gun this weekend. Where is blank? And one of them went, it's aisle 18. And they pointed. Well, I went to aisle 18 and they didn't have what I had. So I went to the other store. And I said, hey, where is blank? And they said, come with me, I'll show you. There's a difference between pointing and walking. And people say all the time, we just want to point others to Jesus. No, not really. I want to walk others to Jesus. Because that means that's my time, that's my life, that's my investment. My soul has been connected to God. I know whose I am. I know why I exist. I know what I'm doing. I know why I'm here. And I want others to know the same thing. And so when I encounter others, I just say, hey, go over there. Hey, go to that church. Hey, go to, no, I want to walk with them to Jesus. I want to be walkers, not pointers. So where is, where is your soul today as it relates to loving God? The first answer you got to ask is, is it connected to God? In a room this size, it would be rare for everyone in here to be in a right relationship with Jesus. And I believe that's why you're here, for you to hear about Jesus, know Jesus, come to follow him, come to serve him. It's not an accident that you're here. We've been praying for you and others to show up and to be involved in our lives since the day we planted this church. It's your soul connected to Jesus. Well, how do I know, Wade? Well, has there been a time in your life where you've said, I, I'm saying no to sin, I'm saying no to my old self, I'm saying no to the old life, and I'm saying yes to Jesus? You confessed your sin and you turned to a Savior. Not did I grow up in church, not did I do religious things, not did I, et cetera, et cetera. Those are all good, and I'm not disparaging them, but was there a time or a day in your life where you said no to sin and yes to Jesus and asked him to save you? If so, then your soul is connected to God. If not today, let's do that. And if your soul is connected to God, the question is like, how, how, what, how, what kind of passion is there? Remember we said at the beginning, it's the intensity with which we run after God. So here, here's what I want us to do. I want you just close your eyes for a minute. We're gonna, we're gonna diagnose here. I want you to imagine a thought. I want you to imagine the thought, if I only had this, if I only had that, man, if I had this, my life would be complete. If I could do this, my life would be in a great place. For some, it's, it might be a new job, it might be a relationship, it might be a promotion, it might be a, a purchase. God, if I, just, if I had more of blank, what shows up? What shows up? And listen, so convicting to me this week. Because if anything or anyone but Jesus shows up in that moment, 
then the intensity of our soul isn't running after God in the way it was created. I want to be the kind of pastor, husband, father, leader, that when I close my eyes at night, when I lay my head on my pillow, when I'm daydreaming during the day, and I say, if I could just have this or more of this, I want Jesus to fill the blank. More of him. And look at me, quite often, the reason why we don't, more of, we don't want more of him is we, just, we, we want the right to veto what he says. Right? Can we just be honest in church a little bit? Is that okay? Sometimes we just want the right to veto what Jesus says. We, we, we want to feel like we have control, but you need to know that whatever control you think you have is just an illusion of control. We're not in control. The Bible says Jesus holds the world together by the words of his mouth. The breath that you have, the life that you live is a gift from God. We don't summon them. And quite often we don't want Jesus because Jesus invites us to die to ourselves. And God, we've made that so dramatic. We've made this picture of dying to self so dramatic, being buried. But do you know what that is a symbol of? Baptism. Buried to the old life, but then risen to a new one, buried under the grace and love and mercy and provision and plan and destiny of God, raised to a child of God. And when you go under his grace, you never find the depths. It's because there's no one like, no one like our God. No one that'll love you the way he loves you, lead you the way he'll lead you, treat you the way he'll treat you his purposes, his plans, and his destinies. They're for you. And church, it begins with the right soul. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. I want to pray for you now. I want to pray for the person in the room now whose soul is not connected to God, doesn't know the living God, has never chosen to surrender to Jesus Christ. And if that's you in this moment, I pray that you would feel no fear, that you would feel the Lord calling you, that you would accept his love and grace and forgiveness into your life in this moment. And you would say, I choose to say no to sin and I choose to say yes to Jesus. I choose to believe that Jesus is the son of God who left heaven, came to earth, was crucified, buried, but rose again. And I placed my faith in him today. And if that's you, don't leave today without telling someone. Put it on that communication card. Put, I want to follow Jesus. We're going to celebrate. We're going to follow up. And we're going to baptize you next week if that's what you long to do. Others of you, you need to communicate that you want to sign up for baptism next week. Man, that's part of your obedience. You can be a Christian without being baptized. You're just a disobedient one. So part of Man, our soul's passion is just walking in obedience. Connect with us. Let us help you walk in obedience next week. But others in the room, I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you would call our souls to more of you and less of us. In Jesus' name, amen.